Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today's episode is going to be short and sweet. I'm moving on this week to look at the man that I've been referring to as Randy throughout this season. Randy is the neighbor of the Melgars who was spotted by the Channel 13 news crew on the scene of Jim's murder. The news crew, along with a few other onlookers, found Randy's, whose real name is Chad, behavior strange, even suspicious. The news crew was so concerned about Chad's behavior on the crime scene that they contacted the Harris County Sheriff's Office to report him to the investigators assigned to the case. We don't know a heck of a lot about Chad at this point, but what we do know of him certainly lands him in the category of person of interest. I'm writing and recording this episode on Memorial Day. No barbecues for me this year. Because on Tuesday morning this week, I have to hit the road again to follow up on my investigation into the West Memphis 3 case and do some more filming for our upcoming TV series. Like I said, this episode will be brief and to the point. So let me explain to you why I believe Detectives Sean Carazal and James Doucet dropped the ball when they failed to interview our Season 6 neighbor boy, Chad. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Ford Ranger, a vehicle for all terrains and every passion. It's a workmate, a playmate, and to its drivers, a soulmate. So how do you improve the Ford Ranger? You go all in. The all-new Ford Ranger, the UK's best-selling pickup. Now available with rear bumper steps, tailgate workbench, and enlarged load box that can fit a Euro pallet. Go break it in. Search all-new Ford Ranger. Ford Pro. Driving productivity. According to SMMT data, features may be optional extras with additional cost. I've referred to Chad as the Melgar's neighbor. However, that's not entirely accurate. The Melgar's lived about halfway down a short street that ended in a cul-de-sac. 
At the cul-de-sac, there's a nice wooded walking path that separates the west side of the neighborhood from the east side. Then another cul-de-sac and a road that extends to the east. Chad lived quite a distance down that road. Mike and I have stood on that road out in front of Chad's house to see if you can even see the Melgar's home from that location. And you can't. Both the Melgar Street and Chad Street curve, and there are over a dozen houses and several trees between the two. The point being that, at best, Chad could see that there were emergency lights on down the road, but way down the road. There is no possible route wherein Chad would drive past the Melgar's house, or even near it, to get to his house. So the first thing that makes me feel like something is a little hinky here is the fact that Chad was standing out in front of the Melgar's house to begin with. Now, maybe Chad is just a curious guy. It's not inconceivable to think that the whole neighborhood, even those living on the other side of the walking trail, was abuzz while the police had Jim and Sandy's house taped off as a crime scene. But then we have to wonder, what could someone be doing at a crime scene that would get the attention of, and concern of, a team of news reporters who undoubtedly have set up lights and cameras at hundreds of scenes just like this one? I've tried to track down and interview the reporters who were on the scene that night without any success. Unfortunately, the police report only states the following. December 28, 2012, 4.41 p.m. Channel 13 News Station. Sergeant Spurgeon advised Channel 13 News personnel on scene saw a male identified as Chad arrive on scene. Chad told them that he lived around there. The news reporter stated that he acted strange. Nowhere in the report does it state how the individual was identified as Chad, and it doesn't even list the names of the Channel 13 news personnel. Nonetheless, Carlzal jumps into action and search for Chad in the NCIC-TCIC databases. The search revealed Chad's full name, address, and date of birth, but what it also revealed, but Carlzal didn't include in his report, is the fact that Chad was arrested on December 20th, two days before Jim's murder, for theft of a tool. A voltage tester, to be exact. And let's not forget that while the Harris County Sheriff's claimed that nothing was stolen from the Melgar's home, the family says that several tools had been taken, along with jewelry, prescription drugs, an Xbox, Xbox games, an iPad, a small TV, a DVD player, and other small electronic devices. In any case, Chad bonded out and returned to his house down the street from Jim and Sandy the day before Jim's murder. But none of that was documented in Curazal's report. Curazal ran Chad's name through the Leeds online database, and according to his report, he received, quote, several listings of items that Chad had pawned. Although he doesn't report anything from the list, other than the fact that Chad's last pawn shop transaction took place 11 days before Jim's murder. He lists the date and the location of the pawn shop visit, but not the items that were pawned. Nor does his report indicate that he ever went to the pawn shop to get any more information. Curazal also didn't find it relevant to document Chad's criminal background. This is the information on Chad that the detective didn't report. In 1998, Chad was convicted of assault causing bodily injury. 
2007, he was convicted of misdemeanor theft of property under $50. In 2009, Chad stepped up his game and was convicted of felony theft ranging from $1,500 to $20,000. And in 2012, we have the theft of the voltage meter, just a few days before Jim's murder. That's all that Curazal would have had access to on December 28, 2012, when he ran the report on Chad. He's looking at a guy who has a history of violence and theft, and was seen acting strangely at the crime scene that he had no reason to be at on the night Jim's body was found. So the detective decides to go talk to Chad along with Detective Doucet. And this is a story you've all heard before. At 2 p.m. on December 28th, Curazal and Doucet go to Chad's house to talk to him. They knock on the door, no one answers, and so they leave. Two hours later, they follow up. They return to Chad's house, knock on the door again, no answer, again. But this time, they leave a business card on the door. And that's it. No more background checks, no follow-ups, no checking into the Leeds database to see if Chad pawned any of the items that were reported missing from the Melgar's house. Nothing. Just a business card. Since Harris County never bothered to investigate Jim's murder, that responsibility fell squarely on the shoulders of Sandy, Liz, and Sandy's attorney, Nick Oasey. Nick looked a little deeper into Chad, and so have I. In a current search of his criminal background, we find that after his December 2012 arrest, Chad shifted his criminal activities from theft to drugs. Or at least he stopped getting caught stealing and started getting caught with drugs. In 2015, Chad was convicted of felony possession of a controlled substance. A month later, he was arrested and convicted for manufacturing and delivering a controlled substance, another felony. And just last year, Chad caught another charge. Another felony possession of a controlled substance. It would seem, based on his criminal history, that after Jim's murder, Chad gave up his life of petty theft and pawn shops. But, according to the lead search that Sandy's attorney ran on him in 2014, that does not appear to be the case. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Liz and Sandy reported the following items stolen from the Melgar's home on the night of Jim's murder. Jewelry, prescription narcotic drugs, an Xbox, Xbox games, DVDs, a DVD player, small TV, an iPod, 
and several tools. This is a list of items that Chad pawned from 2012 to 2014. The list is 32 pages long. The first segment contains all of the transactions that Carazal did have access to when he decided to leave a business card on his door and forget about Chad. May of 2012, five premium video games with cases. June of 2012, five more premium video games with cases. Three days later, three premium video games with cases. Two days after that, three more premium video games with cases. The next day, a Galaxy S cell phone with case. Nine days after that, another Galaxy S cell phone. Three days later, five more premium video games with cases. The next day, four Xbox games. In this entry, we actually get the list of the names of the games that he pawned. Skylanders, Pets Horse Club, Connect Adventures, and Connect Sports. And to be clear, Chad is 34 years old at this point. That very same day, he pawned three more Xbox games. Then three days later, three more Xbox games. And that same day, more Xbox games. Ten days later, four more premium video games. The next day, four more Xbox games. Two days later, a 14 karat gold necklace. The next day, a 14 karat gold Lady Liberty coin. Then that same day, a 14 karat gold 15 inch necklace. And 14 days later, a diamond pendant. Three days after that, a gold ring. Three days after that, a 17 inch Dell computer monitor. That same day, miscellaneous jewelry. The next day, a Garmin GPS. Six days later, three premium video games. In August of 2012, a Cabela's spotting scope. In September, another GPS. Three days later, a gold bracelet. Nine days later, a radar detector. In October, another GPS. And 12 days after that, another radar detector. Then in November, yet another GPS. That same day, another radar detector. Less than a week later, another Samsung phone. Two days later, we're back to video games. Two more premium titles. In December, a Garmin satellite receiver. The next day, another Samsung phone and another radar detector. Then five days later, now we're just 11 days before Jim's murder, a DVD player. All of the items that I just listed were visible to Detective Carazal in his Leeds database search. None of it was documented in his report, and none of it seemed to indicate a pattern of behavior to Curazal. Now, these are the items that Chan pawned after Jim's murder. January 10th, a Samsung smartphone. The 15th, another radar detector. February 15th, another smartphone. The next day, three more Xbox games. Five days later, two more Xbox games. Three days after that, a 15-inch LCD TV. And on March 5th, three more Xbox games. I'll summarize the rest because the list is long and there's still 20 pages left. Over the next year and a half, Chad pawned a whole bunch of video games, video game consoles, DVDs, small TVs, lots of jewelry, digital cameras, watches, DVD players, crystal drinkware, cell phones, hand and power tools, car stereos and speakers, knives, kitchen accessories, a TI-89 calculator, a 32-inch TV, a 37-inch TV, the list goes on and on and on. Uh. 
Chad's proximity to the crime scene, his criminal record, and his pawn shop records, coupled with his behavior at the crime scene, much like the other suspects that we began looking into, should have kept Sean Carazal very busy in the days and weeks following Jim's murder. Sadly, what we've seen and continue to see is nothing more than a rush to judgment and a pathetic excuse for, I'll use Max Seacrest's word, a so-called investigation. And the result is an innocent woman sitting in prison and a killer walking free. And that's all I have for you today. This is probably the shortest episode we've ever put out, but like I said, I'm out of the studio all week, and as of right now, that's all we really know about Chad. I will continue looking into him as more information comes to light, but thanks to the inept investigation that occurred back in 2012, we don't have a lot of information to work off of. Unless we get a tip. And, on that note, late last week I did receive a tip on our tip line that has potential to change the course of this investigation. That's next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Mike Bussing is our executive producer and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. Our Season 6 logo was also created by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our banner images and type font across all of our logos was created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Britta Bliss, Sarah Colby, Rachel Timberman, and Liz Rose. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $1 per month, and we also have reward levels on the Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a 5-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. But the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. And for all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter. The show's handle is at truthjusticepod, and my personal Twitter handle is at bobruftruth. And for more personal interactions, feel free to follow me on Instagram at truthjusticepod. Don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice.